Are you enjoying Bourbon Podcast? Be sure to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And by the way, thanks for listening. Everybody, thanks for joining Bourbon Podcast. The gang is all together. It's been a while. We've had a few episodes where everybody wasn't together. I know. Missed these guys. Yeah. Together. We missed you, too. We did miss you. When you missed me. There was a lot of missing. I know. We had Joe and Kyle, and this is Ben. We've got a a really cool guest today, Donna Todd of Garrison Brothers, Master Distiller. Uh, Of course, we had Dan Garrison on a few episodes ago, and he was telling us the story of how he and Donna met. I'm anxious to find out exactly what's going on. And we're going to try a few Garrison Brothers uh, releases. We were uh, lucky enough to get a sample of the Cowboy Bourbon, 140.9 proof. Damn! <laughs> Let me see that. That's and, so crazy. And and not even on the shelf yet. What's the other one they sent over? The uh, single, Was that a single barrel? Or was it a... Yeah, they, we've got another one here we're going to try with yeah. uh, with Donis. And, um That's crazy. I mean, full disclosure, we did, we did you know, Balmore, you know, in our last. It was great. And it was outstanding. So I am excited about everything we're going to drink today. And I picked up a bottle of Balmore when I was in um, Louisville a couple of weeks ago. I actually found one on the, uh, on the shelf. Sweet. Yeah, which was good. Anyway, before we get to Donis Todd, let's talk a little bit of news. Have you guys heard... Buffalo Trace is launching a new Prohibition-inspired whiskey collection. Have you guys heard about this? I, no. I briefly read about it. So this is a um, it's a five it's a five whiskey set. They are three seventy five milliliters. It's going to MSRP about a thousand bucks, and it's kind of a throwback what? to their <laughs> wait 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 yeah wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah MS, so it's going to be in a wooden box. They're going to be five bottles 375 and it, listen the article that i'm that i've got this from even talks about how crazy that is but anyway let's forget that part for just a second it's called the prohibition collection um and it's a kind of a throwback to the uh, george t stag distillery uh it talks about the noble experiment and from 1920 until prohibition's repeal in 1933 you had to um, actually have a doctor's prescription to purchase alcohol so this is kind of a throwback to that the five releases are, one is going to be called Old Stag. It's uncut, unfiltered, barrel-proof, 132.4. Mm. Um, and then we have Golden Wedding. It's a rye whiskey bottled at 107 proof and is based on the uh, Pennsylvania brand originally made at the uh, Joseph S. Finch Distillery, uh, Shenley Distilling, which uh, bought George D. Stag in 1929. And then I think it later became a Canadian whiskey. The third one is Three Feathers. It's a bottle in bond, 100 proof, at least four years old, created by master uh, blender Drew Mayville. Uh, according to Buffalo Trace, this brand dates back to the 19th century. And I believe it's a rye. Let's see. No, it's sometimes it was a rye. This is going to be a uh, bottled in bond. Fourth, Walnut Hill, which was bottled by George C. Stagg during Prohibition. But little else is revealed about the origin of that whiskey. It is a 90-proof high-rye bourbon with notes of corn, oak, sweet molasses, stone fruit, and vanilla. Did we ever figure out what stone fruit is? Yeah, that's like peaches, plums. Oh, yeah. We talked about that before, didn't we? Yeah, okay. Well, clearly I'm incapable of learning. (laughs) Uh, Last but not least, George T. Stagg Distillery Spiritus Frumenti is a tribute to the medicinal whiskey produced by the distiller during Prohibition. 
The Latin translates to spirit of the green. It's 110 proof weeded bourbon with notes of cherry and oak and a finish with vanilla, wheat, and citrus. I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, what, what? Why? Why? What? Where are these are like, these are not all, they're new mash bills. These are like experimental mash bills. I've been. Yeah. Apparently it's a throwback to what they were doing uh, between 19, was it 20 and 33, 1920 and 1933. Some okay. of their old whiskeys, they can't actually advertise them now as medicinal. That would be, they'd get in big yeah. trouble, but that that's kind of, you know, the, 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 um, the thought behind what they're doing now, they're just, it's a throwback. Not age stated and just, well, some of you, one yeah. or two were bottled and bond. Yeah. So. The one was bottled and bond. So it's a minimum of four year, a hundred proof. But other than that, we don't have a lot, a lot, of, details. lot of details. Hmm. Can you imagine what the secondary will be on that no. box set? No, it's going to be. I was just asking you about Mr. Sam, you know, that they released, <laughs> right? And I'm like, well, I can only imagine where this one's going to no, come in. It's going to be crazy. So uh, Harlan Wheatley, of course, Buffalo Trace Master, Master Distiller, says each of these brands disappeared slowly in the years after Prohibition, but they were integral to our survival. Without them today, there would be no Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare, or Weller Bourbons. The Prohibition collection is a tribute to these great whiskeys from our past. So even during Prohibition, when it was medicinal, they still were like branded. That's interesting. I didn't really yeah. know how that worked. Yeah. As opposed to like just something in a bottle you would get at the pharmacy. I think they just had a license to distribute. And they're the only one that could stay open, right? So that's why they are, they quote, what, the longest consecutively in, open yeah, whatever yeah. distillery. Because we, we all know now, like some of these distilleries date back much older but but they had yeah. i guess they were closed during prohibition yeah or well for a period of time so i mean you're not very few people are going to find this in msrp msrp is high yeah well they are you getting five you know half, three, bottles. Three, half bottles yeah <laughs> what what do you think this is going to i mean this is going to be four or five thousand dollars on the secondary well I mean, what is this is a one-time release or what uh, apparently it's been an annual release <laughs> that's what this press release says it's an annual now but limited does it say how many it does not yeah. no it doesn't give any information like that but anyway I if anybody it. sees it send me a picture that's probably as close as i'll get to i it. mean buffalo trace i mean you gotta go four four times yeah, yeah i'd say five times i mean probably probably Oh, well, Woodford Reserve today released a new limited edition bottle of its annual distillery series, Toasted Oak Four Grain. Did you hear about this, Joe? Can't keep up with yeah. all of them, but this is their this is their master which right series. No, it's no. Not. no, no. This is just yeah, no. It's just a new limited edition bottle. So, um, from the distillery series, it doesn't say master. What is well, you know they have that master's collection yeah, release right. that they do, it, which, which is a limited, really good. And, yeah, and every year they do one. And uh, I thought the historic was was that twenty two or twenty three, but now I'm getting yeah. a little confused. But anyway, this new release 22. is a blend of Woodford's uh, bourbon, rye, wheat, and malt whiskeys. The whiskey was first aged in a standard new oak barrel and then finished in a heavily toasted new oak barrel. Let's see here, what else do we know about that? toasted four grain as part of. The distillery series, not the masters, which is created to push Woodford Reserve's creative boundaries and introducing whiskeys to the market. This selection was masterminded by McCall, which I believe is the master distiller, and is available for purchase in limited quantities at Woodford Reserve Distillery and limited Kentucky retailers. Hmm. Okay, master okay. distiller Elizabeth McCall. I don't know. I, you know, it's um. Yep. We'll see. 
I doubt there'll be many of those. Uh, this came out uh, yesterday, actually. This is a uh, the Speed Art Museum's Art of Bourbon. Uh, they had a uh, an auction, and the I guess the one that a lot of people were bidding on. It does not say who won it, although a couple of the other unicorns, if you will, they it does it does say who won them. A first edition Pappy Twenty Three, which was uh, is a nineteen ninety eight bottle. It's the first year that Julian Van Winkle III went to market with the 23-year-old. And it's uh, that's the one with the tall green tinted glass and the gold wax on top that is no longer made. Now, actually, I, I'm curious. What do you what do you think this went for? Hmm. I'm going to go 25K. Yeah, I was going to say around 20,000. 35. 35,000. Yeah. Um, in fact, the they said that the the bidding war was so intense they had to halt the bidding for a moment. They were like fighting. They, I, yeah, I don't know. They must have served. So, liquor. did you win it or not? Me? No. <laughs> no, no, I was not there. No. Um, now, this one is interesting. So, another very rare bottle, and uh, I'm just going to read this as is because I mean, this is public. Who bought it? Sports gambler, author, and philanthropist Billy Walters. Bet big and came away with one of the evening's unicorns, the ultra rare George T. Stag Prohibition bottle. $21,000. Walters took home this pristine bottle of brown water with a backstory. This 16 year old expression, distilled prior to 1917 and bottled in 1928, was produced at the George T. Stag Company, which was under the new leadership of Colonel Albert Blanton. To protect it from being reused once uh, consumed, Four Roses Distillery developed a first patented tamper-proof container. That patent is still visible on the top of the box because they were running low on their own whiskey to sell. Four Roses marketed the bottle. So this was an old uh, 1928, released in 1928, uh, bottle of uh, George T. Stagg. Jeez. Now that's cool. That, that is, is cool. I like that bottle. And I mean, you're not opening it. No, no. What, I wonder, I, you know, and I've seen some of those old dusties, you know, I've never tasted one that's a hundred years old. I was at, uh, Justin's house of bourbon a couple of weeks ago and they had a 1973 old Forester that was only released in Japan. I did a one and a half ounce pour of it. Oh boy. It was good. It was and, good. and it wasn't crazy expensive. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was pricey, but for a 50 year old whiskey, but it was, it was good. It was good. I prefer I preferred today's, and you know it's been sitting around a while. Uh, the third bottle that the third unicorn was a twenty year old AH Hirsch went for fifteen thousand five hundred. Yeah, uh, and they they released the per they named the person who bought that as well. But so that was a very successful auction. All told, they raised uh, three hundred eighteen thousand dollars. That's a big one. That is a big Huge. one. That is a big one. That's one of the older bottles that I've seen, at least bottles of bourbon that I've seen auction. You know, over a hundred years old. The George T. Stack. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get into the interview with Donna's Todd, big shout out to Leesburg, Virginia. Any idea why I'm shouting out Leesburg, Virginia today? Bowman Brothers? No. <laughs> Listen to this. So, you know, I go through and I, I measure, you know, which cities are following us the most. And Leesburg, Virginia is ranked number eight on our, uh, not just our downloads, but also our subscribers. So thanks to all of our friends in Leesburg, Virginia. We appreciate Love you uh, tuning That's in. Great. We have a, somebody's family member down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of, I mean, there literally there are a lot of that uh, are are listening in. So we appreciate it. What's our number one city? Uh, 
No, Dallas or Houston or something. Uh, I thought you'd do that because Texas is our number one state. Yeah. But what's our number one city, Kyle? L.A. L.A. is actually number 12. Hmm. Oh. Seattle. Oh. Seattle, Washington. Shout out to our friends out out there. I'm sure it's probably raining right now. Go Hawks. Uh, All right. So here's the list. Not that anybody cares other than me, but I'm going (laughs) to say it anyway. Number one, Seattle. Number two, New York City. Number three, Atlanta. Number four, Chicago. Number five, Denver. So no Texas city makes the top five, yet Texas is our number one state. Mm. Because number six, Dallas, go Cowboys. Uh, Seven, Philadelphia. Eight, of course, Leesburg. Nine, Charlotte. Ten, Washington, D.C. Indianapolis and Los Angeles is the top 12. So we all live wow. in the same city, small city, but not in the top. Th- I mean, I would have thought Charleston would have been. Oh, no, no. It's way down there. It's like number 40. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. And in fact, when I get the rankings from Apple, I only see, I mean, that could be Charleston, South Carolina for all I know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but it just says Charleston. It doesn't say the state. The others are easy to figure out. But wow. so anyway, thanks for all the folks that Good. are tuning in. Uh, New York City, you got to catch Seattle. Come on, you got to download some episodes. Let's go. You're close. You're about, you're about 150 subscribers behind. So catch up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, man. All right. Thanks, folks. Next up, Donna's Todd. Are you enjoying Bourbon Podcast? Be sure to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And by the way, thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. We've got Donna's Todd on. Uh, am I correct? The first master distiller in Texas. Is that right? Oh, yeah, I guess if we're counting that way, uh, <laughs> you know, there's probably been a lot of good old uh, uh, good, good old Texans making uh, making spirits for a long time in Texas. We just decided to uh, to pay taxes and get the permits and do it legally and hang the shingle out front. So I don't think we need to say we're the first. We're just the first paying taxes. Well, the 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 bourbon that I've had from Garrison Brothers so far, I have absolutely loved. And that's why. Uh, you know, we had um, Dan Garrison on a few episodes ago, and we reached out to him, begging him to come on because, what's it called, the Balmeray? Yeah, yeah, Balmeray. It is. It, it's. It was one of my favorites that I've. I mean, I'm not. I'm not just talking about Texas. It's one of my favorite bourbons. Uh, it's a little yeah. harder to get here, but um, yeah, know, we I picked we, up a few bottles. Yeah, we quickly yeah. went out and purchased that bottle. You know, I did on the secondary. Oh, I've been scouring for it. It is delicious. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, Thank you for your support. And, uh, you know, if you if you still enjoy the bourbon after you did a podcast with Dan Garrison, then you really like, <laughs> you really like my craft and my art. So uh, <laughs> literally the bourbon speaking for itself. So that's good to hear. Yeah, that's right. We like it in spite of his interview. You know, he was <laughs> it, it was a really entertaining interview. And I probably got I mean. I mean, I got dozens and dozens of emails afterwards talking about, you know, a lot of people didn't know his story about you know, Enron and what led him into, you know, becoming a, a you know, a bourbon guy. Yeah, and, you know, probably half of them were people looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. That's I did good. not give any uh, any update <laughs> on his whereabouts, so he's safe. Um, he also told us a great story about you, how you guys met. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, my understanding, you started, you started uh, doing bourbon whiskey back with your with your grandfather when you were young, right? Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, my mom custodian at my high school. My dad was a truck driver for Ford Motor Company, and my grandfather made corn whiskey on the side in the back corner of his tool and die shop. So what school bus you all think I got off of, (laughs) you know, grandpa's was a lot of fun. Uh, homework wasn't, uh, all that important. And, uh, 
you know, to be honest, I fell in love with the stories that my grandfather told at a, you know, at a young age, I realized that most of them were really, really fabricated. And, uh, but I would egg them on to, to tell those stories. And I just wanted to have my own stories. Uh, he, he seemed like he was, uh, enjoying life much more than mom and dad, uh, grinding, you know, those normal traditional jobs. So here I am so many years later. That's, that's cool. So did you grow up in Ohio? I did. Yeah. I'm like the bumper sticker. I got to Texas as fast as I could, but yeah, I grew up, I grew up in Ohio. I'm, I'm a Buckeye. Uh, and, uh, I spent, uh, don't thank me for this. I, I wasted your tax dollars. Uh, but, uh, I spent 10 years in the United States air force and, uh, that's where I fell in love with Texans, no matter where the air force sent me sometimes before we ever even had a bathroom or a shower, I knew right where the Texans were. They had their flag up. And uh, I always knew I wanted to make bourbon whiskey for a living and have my own stories. Uh, and when I met Texans while in the service, I said, I want to be on their team. Man, them folks are proud, proud, proud. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I uh, like I said, you know, I got to Texas as quick as I could. Well, now I'm curious. Cowboys? Uh, no, no. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm glutton for punishment my entire uh, life. I'm, you know, it, Cleveland it takes- Browns. Browns. Yeah, the brownies, baby. You know what I mean, I'm always going to call the tribe, the Indians, and uh, yeah. the, the Cavs. So, it, yeah, I'm, I'm just glutton for punishment. It takes me a long time to get over anything. I married my 1990 prom date, so uh, I'm not going to give up on my brownies. There you go. Well, uh, we'll, we'll uh, keep our fingers crossed. They actually look like they had a decent yeah, team this had a year. Good, oh, they've had a good start. They do. So, uh, so yeah. you, you learn how to to make bourbon in Ohio, you do 10 years in the United States air force, and then you're in Texas. And how in the world did you hook up with Dan Garrison? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and uh, I knew where I wanted to do it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's public knowledge. Anyone can jump on some websites and see when, uh, when you get a rectifiers permit, when you get that, that federal and then the state permit when you get all that. And that's what I did. I was keeping an eye on it and I knew I wanted to go to Texas. And uh, when I saw DSP number five, Lone Star LLC pop up, had a lot of lot of folks in Texas and uh, said, hey, find out who this Dan Garrison is. And they got back to me pretty quick, said, hey, man, it's, it's this guy out of Austin. Uh, he, he bought the old Pitts Ranch down by Lyndon B. Johnson's old ranch down in high Texas by Stonewall and uh, says he's going to make bourbon whiskey. And uh, I literally sold everything but a Harley and, uh, and, and my kids. And uh, we rolled, we rolled to Texas. Uh, and uh, I showed up, told Dan, Hey, I said, I'm Donna's Todd and I'm going to make bourbon whiskey for you. And he's like, Oh, hold up. He was a little, he was a little startled. He wasn't quite ready for that. He was still trying to figure stuff out and, I was like, man, you, you seem like a really smart guy. You got some stuff going on. You'll figure it out. And, uh, you know, I just didn't take no for an answer. I, I freelanced with him, I don't know, six months or so. And some say, it, I guess it depends on who telling the story. You know, he says I tricked him. I tell him I convinced him. So <laughs> this December will be 17 years. And uh, it's uh, it's a true honor and privilege to, to make bourbon whiskey in high Texas with the team I get to make it with. And the garrisons are great, great people. Well, I tell you what, we uh, we absolutely loved him, and he was kind enough to invite us to uh, to High Texas for the release of the of this year's Cowboy Bourbon. I think it was September twenty third, and he was going to put us to work making breakfast burritos for like the the two or three mile line of people that wait outside the distillery to get one of these bottles. 
Yeah, well, you know, we're truly blessed. My cowboy bourbon, this is the ninth time uh, in the last 17 years that I put it together for Dan and Charlie. It was the first one that uh, reached that hazmat, um, you know, over 140 proof. This one was uh, a buck 40, so 140.9. Uh, the barrels went together super sexy. I know you all have some of it. Can't wait for you to taste it or if you have to hear to hear what you think uh, about it. And uh, what Cowboy Bourbon is uncut, unfiltered cast strength. That's all the piggy banks uh, that I come across. So the the workhorse of Garrison Brothers uh, is our small batch bourbon, and it's 50 to 55 barrels that I hand select and marry together. And I just do that over and over and over. So I'm always looking for the next 50. I come across some barrels that I call piggy banks. They're damn near completely empty. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I wanted everything when I was a little kid. No way my mom and dad could buy me everything. I'd get all pissed off, run into my bedroom. I'd grab my piggy bank, and I'd shake it because I figured, for some reason, I thought I'd figure out how much money I had just by shaking my piggy bank. By now, your listeners have figured out I haven't really grown up yet, so I come across a whiskey (laughs) barrel that's, you know, damn near empty, and I shake it because I think I can figure out how much whiskey's left in it. So um, I don't taste those piggy banks right then and there. There's only a couple of gallons, and it would blow my palate out. They pay me to do what I'm doing, so we're going to use the term work pretty loosely. But, you know, I got work to do and find those next 50 for small batch. So I don't taste the piggy bank right then and there. It'd be like licking a Kool-Aid packet. You know, it just blow your palate out. So I kick those bad boys off to the side. And uh, then later in the year, uh, I'll go back and start uh, start tasting my way through those and uh, just look for a big old group of piggy banks that, uh, play well together, uh, represent what I think a Texas uh, weeded bourbon at a hazmat or a high cast strength uncut should do, which, you know, still be a little sweet up front, let you know you got something going on. Don't get on the edge or under your palate, long and lingering. Check all the boxes, give you something to think about. Uh, you think about it just enough that you say, yep, I want another sip of that. I can't believe I'm going to drink this high proof bourbon. And uh, before you know it, you you know, you've not backed a couple fingerfuls and uh, you're searching the you're searching the secondary market for your extra bottles. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So how many, you said 50 barrels, what you pull aside, but what this year is released is give our listeners a feel. How many bottles are going to be produced for the cowboy bourbon? How many States will it ultimately hit the shelves on? Yeah. I, you know, the, I think the sales team, I think they wanted about 9,600. You know, I literally, I hardly ever, ever give anybody everything they want. So I think I got about 94, 30 or so in me this year. Uh, really, you know, it, it's better not to work for, for a quantity. Uh, it's just not. It, do, it, it never works out for anybody, really. Uh, so, uh, again, I just tasting my way through those piggy banks and the ones that are going to play well together, uh, check all the boxes for me. Um, <clears throat> you know, if I don't quite get as, as many bottles as everyone wants. Uh, I, I'm okay with that. If, as long as the liquid's where it needs to be. And, uh, you know, the 50, just so we're, we're, I don't, uh, <clears throat> don't want to confuse anybody, those 50 that I'm looking for, that's how I make my small batch bourbon, uh, is 50 to 55 that I marry together over and over and over. Uh, you know, Cowboy can be several hundred barrels uh, that only have one or two gallons in them. Uh, you know, every year is a little different for sure. Uh, but not really looking for a total a total number to hit. Um, just not yeah. a healthy, healthy way for me to put bourbon together. So is the cowboy bourbon typically in the, like the upper floors of the Rick house. I mean, the evaporation on that, if you're, you're filling them full or close to full, I know you guys don't fill them all the way full, but they, I mean, you're only getting a couple gallons out of a 
barrel and you have to put hundreds of barrels together. Um, is it because of the Texas heat? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, it's, it's a making bourbon whiskey is an absolute terrible business plan. It is. Uh, It's not, Uh, you can do so many smarter things with your cash uh, than make bourbon whiskey. That's, that's for sure. Then you, then you do it in Texas where it gets, it gets a little warm from time to time uh, in Texas. Uh, It's not a hundred plus every day. A lot of folks just think we all wear cowboy hats and we, all have oil platforms and ride a horse to work. And that's just not true. Uh, you know, and, and it's also not 120 every single day. Uh, we have huge temperature swings almost every day in high Texas, 30 to 40 degrees almost year around. So the backseat of my old pickup looks like my closet, but those extreme temperature changes is making some great, great bourbon whiskey in high Texas. And, uh, you know, every barrel leaks, uh, some leak more than others. Uh, then once that starts to happen, the evaporation, which, uh, you know, we call it angel share, uh, that it really expedites the evaporation yeah. because it was a leaker and it just starts creating more and more pressure. And uh, then, you know, those leakers turn into piggy banks. So uh, thankfully, not every barrel uh, ends up being a piggy bank uh, or we wouldn't have that beautiful rainbow that we produce from small batch all the way through cowboy you know we have nine different expressions that we're really really proud of yeah so donis you guys are producing a lot of whiskey i didn't understand my gosh that is dark holy yeah. smokes yeah. Ben! i'm, I'm pouring it uh, that's like molasses dark. i just i didn't realize the scale of the distilling you guys are doing to to be able to turn out you know the kind of the quantity you're talking about of the barrels yeah you know it's uh we, we've been grinding you know for for over 15 years, you know, we we take a couple Hallmark days off, you know, Mother's Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And uh, but I mean, we're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, we have a beautiful, beautiful facility. Uh, I got, you know, I got 16 dream makers and uh, who are just uh, amazing production operators who are dedicated to the craft. And, you know, right now we're filling 53 gallon barrels uh, right now. Uh, I'll I'll go back about we're close we're getting real close to October now so uh, I'll make a turn and go back to 15s but about 70% of my inventory is 53 gallon barrels and about 30% is 15 gallon barrels but uh, you know we're laying down 24 53s uh, every day right now so yeah. wow you know, no our, you know, we've been warming up with the uh, with the honeydew it's it's only 80 proof so we thought we would. Uh, <laughs> We take a few sips of it. It's yeah. we'll, we'll come back to it, but I want to yeah. I want to try this uh, cowboy bourbon. Yeah, one hundred and forty point nine proof, and it is dark. The color is spectacular. Yeah, well, it reminds me of the Balmerate because remember how dark it is, right? And, and they mean, du- and they double barrel to get in, and yeah. it brings out that darkness. But like this is unbelievable. Yeah, and I do want to come back to Balmerate because that's yeah. like I said in the beginning, it's one of my favorites. It is. I mean, just the 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 flavors are. I mean, it's just different. Yeah. It's so different, and I love it. But so, let's... Ben, the specs on what we're drinking right now. This is the 2023, right? Cowboy bourbon. Cowboy bourbon. It was uh, released on September 23rd. Um, it is. Oh, it actually has the sample has your signature on. Is that really your signature? Yes, sir. I signed every one of those. <laughs> Did you I really? Feel, <laughs> yeah. I. I yeah. I dipped. I dipped that one out of the bucket. Put it in there. Uh, team dipped those little bottles. I call those tailgaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that you all are putting them putting them on the web, the whole 
whole damn world's going to want them. So, <laughs> uh, but I call those my tailgaters, you know, those are just my personal little, little stash. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's four ounce Boston round, uh, TSA approved. So, uh, <laughs> it is, it's, it's right at four ounces. Yeah. I can take that anywhere. Can I? Yes, sir. Can't get on an airplane with that with a cowboy though. Nothing over one forty. That's why we call it hazmat. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I did right. not realize that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm glad it didn't take this anywhere with me. Um. All right. So it reminds me a lot of the Balmerang. It is the flavors are. Yeah, are but, but think about the proof. Like, yeah, the yeah. Balmerang. How what is the Balmerang? One fifteen. It's one fifteen compared to one forty. Yeah, this is one forty, but I, it doesn't taste like. I mean, it's not like blowing my socks off. But it's not like hot, overpowered. It's not overpowered. Yeah, yeah. No, the yeah. I, I think it's really terrific. Yeah, I think it's really, really important. Uh, from that eighty proof honeydew that y'all have been sipping on, all the way to that brand new Garrison Brothers mm. uh, twenty twenty three Cowboy at one forty point nine, and everything in between those that we released. Uh, I'm a firm believer that the flavor has to overpower the proof. Yep. If you ever get the ethanol the alcohol content yeah. and it's so forward that you don't get any of the flavors, man, that's hard. That's hard for folks to spend hard earned money on that more than once. And yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. that you, know, you do not get the, uh, the ethanol on this one at all. I, I mean, it is. Yeah. And it's, it's just packed. It's packed yeah. with flavor. Well, and it's, it's such a big Oak finish and it's, it's, uh, it's not going to be kind of from an age perspective, a very old bourbon, but with all the extremities, the color is beautiful. The nose is spot on, and the the, the flavors are long lasting. Yeah, the finish is it, super long. You know super, what? It, you know what long. it is? It's like it's it is definitively a Garrison Brothers <laughs> bourbon. Yeah. I mean, check you know, the box. It is. It, it is. Yeah, this is going to be. Um, I'm going to find some bottles of this. This yeah, is going to be one gonna, of my drinkers. I was going to say. I mean, if you drink bourbon, you know, in America you got to track this down because you know, you, I think the only way you can really replicate this is double and triple oaking or whatever you're doing. Yeah. That's even, right. then, even then it's not going to taste like there's something about it, this. Well, it's the heat. It's got to be the heat. It's, it's got to be the, the water, right? I mean, the water, the, the extremities. And, uh, but this, it, this is very unique. It's excellent. Donis, I'm not a tasting notes guy. I can't tell you. I mean, pe people get on and they'll say, oh, I taste cherry and I taste stone fruit, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> and I can't do that. I either like it or I don't. And I can tell you if it's like, if there's a lot of ethanol, I can taste that. What What are the, what notes would you say are on the, uh, you get from the cowboy bourbon? Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, we, we could we could hang out and drink together you know uh the, you're preaching to the choir you know it, i'm not a big fan when someone tells me oh man the nose on that is cherry blossoms in the spring on the north side of japan <laughs> i'm like come on man yeah, yeah. that's just not who i am but what's pretty powerful is when someone tells me man i'm right back in the kitchen with my mom looking at a green formica countertop I get so much pancake syrup on that small mm. batch. And I was a spoiled little shit. My mom warmed up butters <laughs> first and put it on my French toast on Sunday. And now that's that. a positive association to something that I had a chance to create with amazing team. And then it puts you right back in a great moment. That's what I'm about. Um, because what I have learned, I can stand in front of 500 people. And if I say vanilla enough times, everybody writes vanilla on the paper. 
Right. And uh, I'm looking for positive associations. I, I want people to like it or not like it. I held the flashlight for my dad when I was a little kid. So there ain't nothing you can say that's going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> like, you, you never get that right, do you? <laughs> no, sir. But oh, it's such funny. a good balance, though, of every of all the things you look for in a bourbon. I mean, I get a lot of that oak initially, but I mean, you know, you get you're right, vanilla and caramel, but then you get the you get those dark fruit, and the fruits are great. So here's what it reminded me: good dark, balance, deep. very dark, deep. I, I, I distinctly remember the first time that I had Garrison Brothers, we were at a buddy's, my friend Michael's law office, and we were watching a Christmas parade. It was down below, and he had uh, the Balmeray, and he opened it up, and we tried it, and I fell in love with it. And that's what it that's what it reminded me of, like yeah. the very first time that I had the Garrison Brothers, because it's so different, so distinctive. Uh, this one in particular with the Balmeray, it's very similar to me. What what are the differences? I mean, of course, other than proof, I mean, you've got 140 versus 140.9 versus 115. What what is it about the process that's different? Yeah, so you know, for the for the cowboy bourbon, you know, I I want it to be like I'm not trying to make a hazmat, but I do want it to be a high proof uh, expression, uncut, unfiltered. That's as close as I can get uh, the Garrison Brothers. Texas straight bourbon drinker into the barn with me. That's as, as authentic as, as I can make it. And I want them to really taste and enjoy and have an opportunity to experience what our extreme temperature changes can do to bourbon whiskey. And uh, that's why I call the, all those piggy banks are like Texas survivors, but it's real easy to make a soggy toothpick or an ashtray. You can over oak something. You can get it pretty dirty pretty quick. So you still got to taste them. You got to get to know them. And are they going to play well together? Uh, and Balmeray is a double barrel bourbon. Uh, and so when I'm out there looking for the next 50 uh, for small batch, I come across barrels that for me is just, you know, that morning after Halloween, mom told you do not eat all that chocolate out of that pumpkin. You cannot have it all. Somehow we always figure out how to get it all the way up to our room. We ate it all. You wake up that morning and you're like, damn, she was right. Your mouth is just gummed up with chocolate. And uh, I come across barrels that put me right back to that plastic pumpkin. And uh, it's just all this candy bar right up front. But then where did it go? And bourbon whiskey needs to be long and lingering. It, it has to check all the boxes. It shouldn't drink in parts, in my opinion. It should be a positive experience throughout your whole palate. And uh, so I take all those barrels that are just this loaded candy bar on the front, marry that liquid together, manipulate the alcohol content uh, with some rainwater and put it in a very custom 25 gallon barrel. And uh, <clears throat> that's uh, lightly uh, charred and heavily toasted and leave it in there for a couple of summers. And I want that second barrel to give it some wrap, some depth, give it a little backbone and character, something for you to chew on and think about uh, but I don't want to crawl all the way over the front of your palate and ruin that candy bar. So Balmeray, you know, I'm cheating a little bit. I'm using two barrels to get all that flavor. Whereas Cowboy, uh, the Angels in Texas did all that. I just get the credit. Right. Do you get a lot of evaporation? Is there a big angel share when you do the second barrel on Balmeray? Do you lose a lot over the two summers? Um, I mean, I, I don't know your definition of a lot, but I'm losing about 15% every summer. Uh, most people that make bourbon whiskey lose about 3% a year. So, wow. uh, you know, uh, 
I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's a lot to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'd have a lot more if you didn't lose that. Yeah. But you know what's left in there is pretty special. So it's like everything else in life. You got to give up something to get something. And you know, uh, you're not going to find this this bourbon in Kentucky. This flavor, no color, the it's different. Uh, you, it's different. You, you might find it at 15 years of age, right? But this is amazing because they're able to, I mean, it's like rapid acceleration of, of age, mm -hmm. but it is really good. Yep. I, 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 I should own more of these. I don't even know why I don't. And, but. You, you know, so, Donis, our number one state, I mentioned this in the news section, our number one state for our not just our subscribers, but also downloads is Texas. We get a lot of downloads out of Dallas, a lot of out of, out of Houston. Uh, Fort Worth, we get a lot. Um, and we had, after Dan Garrison was on, people had, people in Texas had reached out to me and said, we have not had Garrison Brothers. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, you're right there. you got to be, you need to be there September, yeah. September 23rd, get you a breakfast burrito and a bottle of cowboy bourbon. Um, but but the, the people that have tried it, even outside of Texas, of course, Texas is very proud of, of their, uh, the first Texas bourbon. People outside of Texas are loving this. Yeah, loving. I, when I was in, uh, I was in Louisville a couple of weeks ago, and talked to some people, and they brought up Garrison Brothers, and talked about how much they're enjoying it there. So, what what is the plan from here? At least from on the business side, are you guys in fifty states? Do you want to go in fifty states? What what's your plan? Can you handle going into fifty states? Yeah, you know. Um, so, I you know the dream is someday that. Uh, Everywhere you, you see a bottle of, you know, Maker's Mart or Roofer Reserve, whatever one you want to pick, uh, you know, every every watering hole you go into, you see it. Uh, the, the goal is that you see you see my bourbon sitting right there with those. Uh, I, I think it deserves to be there. Um, and uh, that's the goal. Uh, we're pretty young. You know, what I mean, we're just coming up on 20 years old. Uh, you know, it, we're, we're we're a couple hundred years behind the, the, the mm -hmm. bourbon party. Uh, so we want to do it right, uh, to do it right. You got to make a good, you got to have a really, really good liquid. I think we've done that. I think you have to be authentic, you know, genuine. Um, and that's who we are. Uh, we, we have good stories or we make them up, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, you know, don't ever let the truth get in the way of a good story. You know, Dan Garrison taught me that. So, uh, you gotta be good storytellers. I, I feel that we are. Uh, we are in all 50 states. Uh, we've just recently uh, started to do all the, uh, the the blocking and tackling to start to entering all of the control states. Uh, that's a new arena for us. Uh, so, but yeah, we're in all 50. We have enough inventory. I don't feel like I'm out over my skis, uh, you know, and, you know, there's, there's, there's more to come for sure. Yeah. All right, I'm going to ask you the. I, I usually ask every guest when you go home, what do you drink? But since you're a master distiller, I'm guessing it's going to be something that's not bourbon. Without a doubt, I <laughs> water, water, water. Yeah. So water. I'm going to ask you a different question. <laughs> um, you get to have a glass of whiskey with anyone you want, living or dead. Who is it, and what would you drink? Wow, what a great question. So uh, my dad was a non-drinker. Um, I'm going to say my father. Uh, he supported everything I ever did. Uh, he always believed in me. And uh, even though he's not a drinker, he wouldn't appreciate it. He, would, he, would, he wouldn't even probably drink it with me. Uh, 
Uh, but uh, I drink his and mine, you know, one more, one more uh, face-to-face conversation with my dad. Uh, that would be a, that would be uh, so much better than anything in any damn glass. So uh, I'm going to pick my pops. Oh, and awesome. awesome. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. And then uh, I know he doesn't drink, but what would you sip on? Something your grandpa made or something you you make? Oh, it'd probably be uh, my small batch bourbon. I told y'all I married my 1990 prom date, so it takes me a while to get over something. And, it, you know, I'm not complaining. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to brag, but, you know, I taste thousands and thousands of barrels every year. I'm always looking for the next 50 to marry together for small batch bourbon. So it's on my palate. It's what I'm thinking about it, you know. So it's my desert island. You know, I'm t- I don't need a fire starter or a pocket knife or flip-flops. Give me a case of small batch bourbon and send me on to my island. If I can't figure out how to get off of it, um, I'll be okay with my six-pack of small batch. What's next for Garrison Brothers? What do you guys up? What, you got any, you got anything in the in the Rick house that you're saving for? Yeah, yeah. We you talk, tell us? For sure. We, you know, you said you were sipping on a little bit of my honeydew, which is this mm-hmm. beautiful honey-infused 80-proof. Uh, 80 proof bourbon. Uh, I don't know if Dan told you all even why I made it, but Nancy Garrison always wanted a honey infused bourbon. I think it's healthy to poke the bear. Dan told me absolutely do not ever put anything (laughs) in my bourbon and do not ever make an 80 proof bourbon. Dan calls that basement bourbon at 80 proof. So I think it's healthy to poke the bear. That bottle you have in front of you has honey in it and it's 80 proof. Uh, So uh, we named it Honeydew because I make Dan Garrison's uh, bourbon for him with an amazing team, and it was on his Honeydew list. Honeydew so list. I didn't that's realize right. that. That's, that's right. amazing. That's that why we funny. call it Honeydew. But uh, the reason I bring that up uh, is because you ask, you know, hey, wh- what could be new out there? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're really, really close to having cast strength, uh, cast strength Honeydews. Uh, they, they've been laid down for a long time, so I, I found those original barrels on my palate, you know, that they had some honey notes. Uh, we wanted to infuse those, so which we did about six to eight month infusion with the honey, then put it back in that original white American oak barrel and put it out in the barns and just let it keep on aging. Wow. And uh, so uh, I've been tasting them 127, 128 proof, doesn't drink like it. Uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's higher proof than that 80 in front of you. Uh, but Really, really liking that, and and have quite a few in in, in the barns. Uh, so that'll probably, you know, it. Not everything I put together makes it to glass. Uh, sometimes it only makes it to the Christmas party. But I, I think the cast strength uh, honeydew will 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 make a will make an appearance. Wow. Be, and and maybe you can uh, kind of impart upon our listeners again the like what makes your kind of your honey whiskey different than the others out there because i'm really uh, I've, I've read about it dan talked a little bit about it but why don't you tell us like it's not just like you're pouring honey into the barrel but you yeah. all go through an extra process that pro- makes this a really complex unique you know honey, honey the flavors are tremendous thank you it, you know and you know the, the the first thing is it it's texas straight bourbon whiskey it, it's garrison brothers weeded bourbon and it's a great, great four to six year old when I find when I come across the barrel that on my palate, you know, have some honey notes and say, hey, let's highlight that so more palates can enjoy that, uh, can enjoy that, that flavor profile. 
and make the real boss happy. Nancy Garrison, Dan's wife, is who is the real <laughs> boss. Dan thinks he is, but Nancy's the real boss. She always wanted it, so it's always smart to make the real boss happy. But um, you know, it's and the reason I go into that is you know a lot of uh, other products on the market uh, may be a liqueur based and have given consumers that artificial, that goopy, syrupy on the palate. Hey, that's not for me. Whereas, you know, a bourbon drinker is like, hey, I don't even want most of them don't even want to put ice or water in their in their, you know, you start talking cocktails and they look they rising out uh, rising raise an eyebrow at you like you you said something bad. Um, so when you start talking about putting honey in it, you know, you're going to lose a lot of the a lot of the old guard pretty quick. But uh, if they'll just taste it, they'll realize, hey, this this is a great weeded bourbon. Uh, it just happens to have some subtle honey notes. And so we didn't start with a liqueur. We actually started with a great, uh, you know, great weeded bourbon that we made. And then the infusion is really, really subtle. We didn't want to make it syrupy or goopy. So we just take the barrels that the <clears throat> that the bourbon originally aged and cut it into little cubes, uh, you know, about the size of a sugar cube or a, a dye to just maximize the surface ratio to make the little wooden square, you know, eight sides. And uh we press a little bit of uh, Burleson's organic wallflower honey in it, and uh, we make a tea bag out of some unbleached cheesecloth, put it down in the tank for about six or eight months. Periodically, I go by the tank <clears throat> and I taste it. And when I feel like I've highlighted the right notes and I haven't ruined a great weeded bourbon, uh, we'll add some <laughs> water to it, lower it down to 80 proof. Uh, I only make it 80 proof just because Dan said, don't ever make a basement bourbon. Uh, and uh, so I made it 80 just to mess with them. And <laughs> you, you would have no idea that it's 80 proof. Yeah, it, it's got it's full of flavors. Yep. And, you know, after drinking the cowboy bourbon, I was worried going back to the because yeah. we're drinking the your the honeydew again. I was worried that the flavors weren't going to be there, but the flavors are more transparent now. You know, like now the taste buds are opened up. This is really you definitely get the honey after that. Yeah. Even I can taste the honey. Huge amounts of honey, but you get the bourbon. I mean, it's definitely distinctly bourbon. Yeah, I think what really helps uh, Garrison Brothers Honeydew is that it's a it, the base product is a great weeded bourbon. It's not yeah. a not a liqueur. You know, nothing against liqueurs. That's just you know, bourbon drinkers typically don't want liqueur. <laughs> has want- uh, has Dan admitted that his wife had a great idea? Oh, you know, you guys had him on. You know, he not the <laughs> he, he not the brightest bulb, but he, I think he's figured that one out. <laughs> Smart. I'm man. sure she won't let him forget either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can't, we can't make enough of it. So she was right. Yeah. Um, after our episode with him, we went out and found a couple of bottles, and, yeah. but I kept them on the shelf for this interview. I, I wanted to, I had not tasted it before. So it, it is very good. It is very good. I think this is one that a lot of people, even non bourbon drinkers would drink this and really enjoy it. Yeah. It's, it's, you want to say like, well, maybe it's like a dessert. Like I say dessert, but like after dinner, pull this thing out for people that aren't big bourbon drinkers because they've got all those great flavors you want after you have your dessert and things but it's it it kind of drinks like an everyday drinker mm-hmm. i mean it's really nice and you would never know it's 80 proof no but then again you'd never know that the cowboy was 140 hazmat either no if, if i had tasted the cowboy bourbon i would not have guessed it was hazmat and no. not that i've had a lot or of the, hazmat bourbons or but the balmeray at 115 no. you no. just I, I think what makes your whiskey so uh interesting Aside from the fact that you wax top with different colors, all your blue and 
gray and yellow is uh, each of these are very distinct kind of bourbons. All, all three of those. I mean that you you can't replicate probably in any other state except for maybe Arizona or something. And you could probably yeah. do in in Texas, and and in Arizona wouldn't have the water Texas has. I think so, I think all of these that you that taste, heat, you yeah. know, it's a Garrison Brothers. There's something you know about it. Garrison Brothers. It's it's got to be the heat, the water, the process. Yeah, you know, I could and, tell you, well, I could do a yeah. blind on this honeydew and tell you where it was from. Same thing with the Balmeray and yeah. and the uh, Cowboy Bourbon. Well, there's it, something different about it. And um, help us out here once again because Dan did a great job. He he talked about how many days a year that you're over ninety degrees there at the distillery. It's like some massive number. Is it almost? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we just we just went through a gauntlet of over a over like a hundred consecutive days where we were over a yeah. hundred. I mean, uh, so you know when you when I'm cruising into work and it's saying sixty nine seventy degrees and I'm going home, it says one hundred five one hundred six. You know that 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 that's a long day. Uh, but you know that that's a heck of a cycle. There's places that make great, great, great bourbon whiskey that wait two or three quarters to and beg for that type of cycle that we get day in and day out. So that heat up, cool off, heat up, cool off. You know, uh, is we're getting it, and it's obvious when when you uh, when you look at the the depth and the extraction that we're getting, uh, that flavor profile. You guys have mentioned it several times uh, that. Hey, it, you know, I know this is a Garrison Brothers. It all, everything I've ever had has that one unique mouthfeel, that one unique flavor. Um, and that's from the extraction. That's from our Texas heat. Uh, and, you know, it, it does separate us from the crowd. Uh, and, you know, that that's always healthy. Uh, Dan, did I, did, Donis, did I read somewhere that you guys had to get uh, barrels with uh, thicker staves because of the heat? Is that, is that yeah, right or am I crazy? No, no. When we when we first started, um, you know, we bought if someone made a someone made a whiskey barrel, we, we we bought one and we put our white dog in it at different proofs, trying to figure out entry, you know, entry proofs. And so the first couple of years, all that R and D, uh, and the first, you know, August that we got into, uh, we could just smell, uh, we could just smell the ethanol. We're like, what in the world? So we go out to the barn, and almost all the heads of the barrels had popped. Uh, and it just because of how much it, uh, it pressure that our intense Texas summer heat created uh, right then in that moment, we thought, oh, man, we've lost everything. All of this work, all of this, you know, we were going to learn so much from this. But now so many years later, looking back on it, it's the best thing that ever happened because it sent us down the rabbit hole uh up all about the barrel instead of just buying a barrel buying a traditional whiskey barrel uh we went to the coopers and very very proud people who the generational generational uh, coopers and that you know they wanted to help us build a barrel that would work for our environment and then we went down that rabbit hole and we learned so much about white american oak and toast levels and char levels and you know on and on and on and it has really paid dividends now. Uh, we do have, you know, all custom barrels uh, basically for each skew. And, uh, you know, we put a lot of lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of money into it. But, you know, as they say, the proof's in the pudding. And that liquid in the glass will tell you that's not just an old traditional hogshead with a number three char that got yard season for three months. 
Well, that is for sure. Donis, thank you for coming on. Folks, if you haven't tried Garrison Brothers, you are missing out. I mean, I, I have said it time and time again on here, even before we had Dan Garrison on, when I was talking about Bomberay a year or more ago, uh, you've got to pick this up. Um, I think you would you would really enjoy the honeydew. The cowboy bourbon will will absolutely blow your mind. It's so good. Uh, it, it it's a little more limited quantity, so getting a bottle might be tough. But uh, always the uh, the Balmeray is is exceptional. So you got to go pick it up, especially the folks in Texas that are listening. You know, we had some of the emails that said they hadn't tried it yet. You guys got to go pick up a yeah. bottle. Uh, but everybody else, you know, Kentucky. Our friends out in California, they're listening. You got to go get you some. Well, and it's 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 wonderful to kind of get the master distiller on after getting Dan on and and Dan talk about the story about how this all came together. Uh, and now and now and now you kind of get it. You see the the passion of the master distiller. Well, I, I I appreciate y'all. Thank you for drinking good bourbon and. You know, if that would have been first, you wouldn't want to talk to Dan. So I'm glad you guys let Dan go first. <laughs> we saved the best for last. Yeah, they won't be all mad at me. So, but uh, I appreciate y'all drinking good bourbon. Uh, uh, thanks for letting me uh, join your podcast and uh, hope y'all uh, enjoy that cowboy and that honeydew as much as we do making it. We appreciate you thanks, coming Donna. on us. Take care. Thank you. Wow. So we had Dan Garrison and Donna Todd. We next have to have Dan's wife, <laughs> the yeah, real right. boss. Yeah. yeah. The real exactly. boss. Well, he, you know, I was saying to you guys before we started, I mean, he, the scale of that thing is pretty crazy. I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't know they were in 50 States. I didn't, I didn't know, know they, you know, when he's talking about, I mean, I'm glad you did the math. Cause I was thinking in my head about the cowboy bourbon and he's talking about these piggy bank barrels with a couple of gallons. And he's like, yeah, we did 9,500 bottles, 9,400 bottles. It's like, well, gosh, dang, imagine? man, that's a lot of barrels. That's a lot of five gallon barrels or yeah. whatever, however many it is. That yeah, it's I, impressive. I, I need a calculator for that, but it's about forty-five barrels. But I mean, what he did was he was taking not he had those fifty barrels that are like the base for that's his, the small batch, very small batch, correct? Right. Yeah, but for but, the cowboy, for the for cowboy, the, he's only getting a couple gallons per barrel. Right. So so to get to nine, you're you're probably talking about fifty fifty barrels. No 50 barrels. Right? Got to be more than hundred barrels, maybe hundred. Yeah, he said at least a hundred. About a hundred right. barrels. You're right. I mean, can you imagine? No, like, no. like I, I did not ask him the no. age statement. Well, I, I don't want to argue with Joe, yeah. although I love arguing with Joe. Think about, <laughs> think about it's five. Let's say it's five gallons per barrel. That's one tenth of a normal yeah. barrel. So if you had, that's basically a hundred barrels would be the equivalent of ten barrels. Ten barrels is only like fifteen hundred bottles. So it's, a, it's like it's five hundred. I'm. Mm. Uh, he said about a hundred. That's about right. But that'd be about ninety bottles per barrel, and it's a younger whiskey. You know, like a like a Jack might put off two hundred twenty barrel bottles. You know, and it's a little older actually. You know, so I'm guessing you, it's somewhere in that hundred to hundred fifty barrels. But that's all shitload of barrels still to, to produce this small amount. I'm gonna we're gonna whiskey. agree to disagree on this math. We're gonna, we're gonna do the math. We won't do it on air, but we will do the math at some point. I know. <laughs> I'll I update it online. I cannot. I can't fight with a Cornell grad. Here. So yeah, we've got a we've got a Cornell <laughs> grad, a Syracuse grad, just like like literally sixty miles. Yeah, before baby. We disagree. That's Hughes. me, baby. Okay. I do have the PhD. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that you're is, right, uh, you're right. we'll let these these math nerds we'll figure it out. Nerds figure it out. <laughs> the lawyer just says, "Move on." <laughs> that was awesome. I, I, and I also, yeah. I was saying, you Ben. I mean, the honeydew. You know, not probably what any of us would typically pick. I thought it was really good, though. I mean, it's interesting. You know, for something geared to 
maybe more of a novice whiskey drinker, right? Like mm-hmm. lower proof and a little more sweetness, but I it, it drank nice. I just like the process of it. That the fact they took okay, they took an idea, unlike some of our other guests who took an idea on a whim and produce a particular flavored whiskey. But here, okay, so the Dan's wife comes up with the idea of like a like a honey. She likes honey and the honey whiskey, but what do they do? They chop up used prime Garrison Brother cowboy, you know, barrels basically. Yep. Into the little cubes, they soak them in Texas honey. And then after the honey's fully absorbed, they drop them in those tanks for like seven months. And um, so to me, it feels more, being from West Virginia, right? More natural. And they really thought about this. Like, you know what? If we're going to do this, let's do it the right way. You know, here's the here's the thing that I like when you, particularly when, first of all, Dan Garrison and Donna Todd, they're, they seem to me, they're, they're like the same, there's these good you know, the good guys, the guys that you'd want to sit down and watch a football game with and drink a beer, eat some chicken wings or whatever. They're just damn good guys. Right. Um, they respect the process. Yeah. And it makes me think of the interview we did with Julian Van Winkle and he was all about the process. Always find bourbon, always find bourbon. That's the way they're thinking. Yeah, I agree. They're not taking shortcuts. They're, no. they're doing it. They're doing it the hard way. And he said, you know, if you want to lose a bunch of money, this is the way to do it. And by know? the way, almost 20 years, which again, I, I mean, I knew they'd been around, but 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. That's and, impressive. And, and it tells you that even after 20 years to have, I mean, to finally have a stock where you can reach 50 states and, and really it's probably not enough. Yeah. No. I mean, well, it tells you it, the cycle you go through and how long it really takes to like develop enough inventory and, you know. Yeah. And I mean, you think, so I don't know when, when it almost 20, 20, 2004, 2005, whenever they started. I mean, that's pre-bourbon boom, like definitively. You know, it's not like, I mean, listen, there's been a lot of people coming to this business in the last 10 years. They were before all that, which is awesome for them. And from Texas. Yeah. I mean, this is not Kentucky bourbon. No, it's it's not. It's very it's very distinct and very different. But really, exceptional. It we, is exceptional. And we need to probably bring Balcones in. Yeah. Because, just because they're the other, you know. Yeah, they're the other big dog down there. Down there. Sure. And if if in fact it's it's about the heat and the water and the all and the yep. specialized barrels, it'd be good to get their perspective as well. But this is yeah, it's impressive. It really is. It's not like anything I've ever had before. All the Could all you the do birds. this in Las Vegas? Could you do the same thing in Vegas or is it I, is the water, well, the water not? But it's a cycling too. That's the thing. And then the hill country, yeah. right? So in Houston, you know, yeah. I do a lot of business down there and, you know, Houston's been like a hundred degree. He was talking about it, mm-hmm. but, but Houston, like the temperature drops to like 94 oh, yeah. <laughs> in the hill country though, where those guys are, you get this big swing and that's yeah. what you need. Like you need the hot yeah. and the, you need to cool off at night. So you get the cycling. So yeah, that's I what he said. He'd go to work well, to be 60. And when he left, it'd be so like Vegas. I think you have the same issue. Well, we had the smoke wagon guys on and yeah, Aaron, you know, and we asked those questions to Aaron. Yeah. Why, why, why is your whiskey kind of unique? Is it the heat? Is it, is it Nevada? Right. Is it the extremities? And in the end, we could never really get like a straight yep. answer relative to like whether or not that made their whiskey or bourbon, you know, unique. I, I think it probably maybe maybe Texas it's the right it's the right dynamic of the water like you said the where they are the where cra- they are yeah where they the are crazy the, extremities yeah. in the weather that can produce an amazing whiskey like this that's like four to six years of age try doing that anywhere else yeah how I was gonna ask how do we know how old the cowboy 
bourbon. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like six max six six years of. I don't think I asked. It's not age dated. It's not, but it's in that range, four to six year range. But how do you lose that much bourbon in six years? He said fifteen percent a year. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? Well, Dan had said that's why I was trying to ask him. It's something like how many days a year are over ninety degrees where they are. Not 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 whether it falls. Right, just to the peak. Overnight. But it was like no, it, it was like eleven months a year or something. There's something like yeah, insane. The majority, yeah. It's like can, can you imagine aging stuff? All, no yeah. wonder all the heads were like blowing off like yeah. like firecrackers. You know, I, you uh, know, I, I don't know what it is. It's working. Yeah, it's a neat business. So I'm gonna say it again. If you haven't had Garrison Brothers, you've got to try it. Uh, Cowboy Bourbon. We just tried the new one, one forty point nine. It is outstanding. Balmeray is outstanding. And and Kyle just had both. You just tried the Valmeray and the mm-hmm. uh, Cowboy were and the hun- and the Honeydew and the Honeydew. Oh, yeah, I like the, I like that Cowboy. The Cowboy, cowboy. is like man, the depth on that thing is crazy. So, Valmeray yeah. is really good. I'm not, good. but that Cowboy is oh boy. Awesome. That was I was like man, this is and does not drink like 140 proof. It does not. I mean, it's it's nope. a you know it's a <laughs> foolproof bourbon, but not you know it's not blowing your head off like you said. Yeah, I think we all got to. I mean, if they've got nine thousand bottles out there. Of the 2023 release of yeah, Cowboy Bourbon, we need we need to. Get, I need some. Well, we got to get ahead of the curve because that means they're going to hit a lot of shelves. That's a lot of that's a lot of bourbon in in, in the uh, U.S. Yeah, yeah but for 50 states, though, that's not a lot of bourbon. That's nine thousand like, like Buffalo Trace releases, but right. it's yeah, but you're talking is. about you know some of the orphan barrels they're doing like sixty thousand bottles, right? Yeah. Well, that's the most recent one, but the difference is is and now maybe we're kind of spoiling it because we're telling all our you our, our listeners out there but how many people are going to go out and spend two hundred dollars on a garrison cowboy bourbon right so they should be out there the demand should not be as crazy as it is I correct agree. yeah I it agree. should be there but we're going to just tell you all go get this thing just get one bottle try it sit down with your biggest bourbon geek friend and then pour a glass of it take a look at it try it and then Send Ben an email. <laughs> ben at bourbonpodcast.com. Send me all your emails. Trust all me, right. I read them all. I also read all of the messages that we get on uh, social media. I like the uh, critique. Uh, even when you're mad at me, I still like your critique. I appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> or mad at Joe. Nobody's ever mad at me. They're yeah, always mad at Joe. It's Joe. What? <laughs> hey, folks, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Are you enjoying Bourbon Podcast? Be sure to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And by the way, thanks for listening. Let's get